Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 welcome, Bills Mafia, to the Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy. And before we get started with the uh, festivities today, I absolutely need to send my thoughts to the city very dear to the show and also to my heart, Buffalo, New York. The nationwide storm this country experienced this past weekend affected them the most to the point it's been considered one of the worst in the city's history, which if anybody who knows Buffalo, they've had their share of uh, snowstorms. And to say this is the worst one is speaking volumes. So, uh, It's a tough time, not out of the woods yet, and everybody in Buffalo stay safe, and our condolences to all of those who have been affected the worst, and the best of luck to those still trying to make it out. So joining me today is a very special guest, a good buddy of mine who actually helped me get my start in the uh, sports talk business. Uh, He's the host of the Pigskin Pundits, where I was his Ed McMahon. Please uh, welcome the master control operator for Encompass CBS HQ, Mark Ferraro. Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on. Tom, like you said, man, this is like back in the day with the pigskin pundits. <laughs> I, I can't I can't really thank you enough for having me on the program. So happy to join you and talk some ball today. Hey, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you, Mark. Uh, yeah, we had quite a time. I think did we uh, did you debut that show in 2011? I think it was 2011, maybe 2012, but. Going back to when we first saw each other uh, in November, it's been 10 years since I saw you. We watched the first oh, yeah. Bills-Jets game. Um, so, yeah, man, definitely happy that you, uh, you texted me, wanted to jump on the podcast anytime. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, I mean, I'm just thrilled as punch to have you. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we had such a great time at uh, up in Stamford, Connecticut, watching the first Bills-Jets game. Of course, that one went more your favor. It did, it did. But, uh, <laughs> I know. It's like, hopefully yeah. we'll have better luck the uh, next time we face each other or in watch in person, but I'm sure you disagree with that notion. Hey, it and, could be uh, in the wild card. You never know. Uh, absolutely. Well, I'm hoping we get the number one seed, of course, but, uh, you know, hey, out of all the other three teams in the division, you know widely that the Jets, uh, you know, disgust me the least. Yes, so. I do. I do. But we, well, obviously, we'll get into all those playoff uh, scenarios very soon. But yeah, uh, looking forward to it, man. Like I said, thank you for having me on. Oh, yeah. And uh, just to go back a little bit to our show, the uh, Pigskid Pundits, which was on Blog Talk Radio back like 10 uh, years ago. Remember, at first, we started as a call in show, and we had a lot of fun times on the show. But one uh, story in particular that we both uh, remember and we recounted the last time we talked was uh, we're doing the show, and all of a sudden, I just hear this just tirade of obscenities. And I just have, like, no idea what's going on. I even thought it was you. And, you know, you're one of the most even-keeled guys I've ever met. And I'm just like, what did this guy, like, stub his toe? I mean, it was, like, you know, like, just, like, off the charts, like, crazy. And then all of a sudden, come on. Yeah, yeah, there was a few F-bombs. Uh, unfortunately, with Block Talk Radio, we were unable to screen callers. So when someone <laughs> did call in, I just had to take a shot. And 
Uh, unfortunately, that did happen, but uh, you know, we let him go very quickly. But yeah, it was always great doing the show, whatever time, eight o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock at night, even a couple of shows at midnight. Uh, yeah, oh, it was yeah. always fun, always a pleasure. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you were a, a great co-host, man. I can't thank enough for all those years, you know, hopping on with me and uh, you know, breaking down all the big games. Oh man, oh, it was so much fun, and we did it like yeah, we did it for quite a few years and seasons, and. Uh, be fun now that our teams are a little better. You know, our biased predictions of each game would be a little more uh, believable than we were when our teams were, you know, fighting for top 10 draft picks. Yeah. And you know what? One thing that I wish we can go back and look and see how we did. One of our shows that we always did was mock drafts, like 2014, 2015. I just want to go back and hear about, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he was never going to be this good. Or this player and that player. I, I just want to go back and see the results just based on that and how bad our analysis was. Oh, that is absolutely something I would have said about Patrick Mahomes back in 2017. And I, I'd have to say, I don't think I've ever been more wrong about any pick ever. Yeah, no, of course breathing, you, were always, you were always right there. Yeah. Breathing breathed a sigh of relief when the Bills traded that pick. I'm like, oh, God, thank God we can't draft him. It worked out in our favor. But for a while there, it was just like, well, I, we could have missed the ball, but we're very pleased with our choice and even more so, perhaps. And uh, yeah, I do think that caller that we were talking about, I do believe that was the last call in, like call in caller that we had. Yeah, I think that gave me even some hesitation moving forward that, you know, maybe these callers that are calling, I should not even bring them on. The only one take a chance like last time. So, yeah, we didn't get that many calls. But of course, that was the story that stuck out the most. Oh, yeah. I was waiting for something like that to happen. And moving on, now it's time for your Buffalo Bills minute recap. After narrowly escaping the devastating impending storm and landing in Chicago a day early, the Bills widely escaped a sluggish offensive start to wallop the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field 35-13 to on a freezing Christmas Eve afternoon. Despite losing the turnover battle 3-2, to the fierce rushing combo of Devin Singletary and James Cook is the story of the day as they led the Bills to their third consecutive AFC East Division crown. So as you remember on last week's show, I offered a trivia question dealing with the season uh, record for Bills receiving touchdowns in a season. Stephon Diggs currently has 10. He's one away from tying the Bills record. Uh, Mark, do you have any uh, guess on this one? Well, you know what? I got to go with the first guy that came to my mind. No surprise, Hall of Famer Andre Reid. It's a very good guess, but no. Very trick question. Andre Reid, uh, Eric Moulds, definitely the most popular answers we had out there. The answer is actually in 1996, Billy Brooks, of all people, had 11 touchdowns in a season. It's a record that has stood for coming up on 26 years. And uh, yeah, Diggs has two, uh, so far, two seasons in a row with 10 receiving touchdowns, but has yet to... Uh, even tie the record and he has two more games to do it. So we're rooting for him. I'm pretty confident he's going to do it, especially in that big matchup on Monday night, I believe against the Bengals. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're probably going to have to throw the ball a lot on uh, Monday night against Cincinnati in a very important game to us. Also Diggs also has a pretty good history of coming through on fantasy championship weekends, which is coming up this weekend. Fantasy championship weekend means Absolutely nothing to me this year. Uh, across the board, in all three of my leagues, I was just atrocious. 
Uh, how are you doing there, Mark? Yeah, in our league that you're in with me, uh, I had probably one of my worst drafts ever, drafting Alvin Kamara and Swift up. Was terrible. And on top of that, drafting for a second consecutive year, Kyle Pitts. So as I told you before, I'm never, never doing that again. I know. Yeah. Pitts is uh, definitely, it's one of those guys, like he looks good on the field. You know, you think like, oh, he can get stuff done. It just doesn't translate to fantasy success. And I, I was in three leagues, missed the playoffs in all of them. A big one across the board. I drafted Dak Prescott and, you know, He's starting to come on now, but missed like the first six games. So at that point, it was just too little, too late. And now, uh, what did you do when when Prescott was hurt? What did you do with their quarterback situation? I was actually able to get Geno Smith, who, despite having like a great season all around, he never really had any real like standout uh, like fantasy performances, as opposed to like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, who like consistently, if they get less than thirty, it's considered a disappointment. I hope that continues on Sunday, of course. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, for your sake. Jets play the uh, Seahawks this weekend. I think it's a very winnable game. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Kind of speaking of brought up uh, earlier, you know, my bias towards the Bills. And you're, uh, you're way more objective than I am when it comes to these things. You do have a little bit of bias, but I've always considered you a fair guy. Buffalo Bills right now, 12 and 3. Would you say they are overachieving or underachieving at this point? No, I would say right now, I think they're right where they're supposed to be, I think. I know you know Josh Allen earlier in the year had his struggles, and I'll tell you, like you mentioned, the two games against the Jets, he looked pretty pedestrian. Like If you look at his numbers, especially passing the football, they weren't that great. And the first game, he turned the ball for a few times, one of them obviously to Sauce Gardner. The second game, even though you guys won 20-12, to his numbers weren't really that great. Don't get me started on the C.J. Mosley, fourth and one. I don't want to talk about it. That was terrible. Everyone knew they were not going to snap the ball. And he jumps like Bobby Boucher. So I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but no, you, but listen, you, I think one thing that you mentioned though, in the game against Chicago, the running attack of Singletary and James Cook, if you guys can get that now consistently moving forward, I know it was against the Bears defense. I understand that the defense against the run is not very good. But now moving forward, if those two guys can run like they did, that's going to only going to help you guys because what was one of the biggest things earlier in the year everyone talked about? The Bills have no run game except for Josh Allen. Well, at least for one Sunday, you had two guys perform extremely well. Oh, no, that's exactly true. You know, and it's so funny. There is that, uh, you know, I watch every single game and people are always saying, it's like, oh, you know, they can't get the running game going. I mean, it is true. But if you look at Cook's and Singletary's numbers for the year, they're like yards per carry average is definitely above average. We're just finally starting to like mix the running game in. It does seem we are such a pass happy team and we just do so many designed runs for Josh, which great as he is, those designed runs just, they really make every single muscle of my body just twitch because I just know. Just possibly, you know, I can't even think of it, but something uh, unfortunate might happen. While he is tough as nails, it's just still a lot. But yeah, it was just great to see both running backs this uh, weekend just really, really come through. I'm like thinking, I've been a Bills fan, you know, coming up on like almost four decades. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as I can pretty much remember, been a huge Bills fan. I would have just given anything, you know, like let's say 2016, the last year of the drought, for the thought of us being 12 and three at this point in the season 
just seemed like completely like a pipe dream. Like, oh, like I just want to be in the hunt for the playoffs, make that one game. You know, fast forward six years later, we're 12 and three. And I almost feel like we've underachieved (laughs) and it's completely unfair to my team. But I just know, despite being 12 and three, I just see all of these things that just need to be worked on before we start playing the cream of the crop in the playoffs. You mentioned the Bears defense being kind of porous. Watching, you know, right in the beginning when they start announcing the defense, I'm a pretty knowledgeable guy when it comes to football, but I felt like the guys in the beginning of uh, the movie Major League, where they're looking at the in, like the Cleveland lineup, they're like, who are these guys? I was seriously like that with this Bears D. So I'm thinking, you know, oh, we're going to, it's funny, I think, oh, we're going to put up like 35 points at least. And what? we did get the 35 points, but it was kind of a struggle to get there. We were moving the ball down the field, but then there's Josh Allen. Obviously, I love the guy, but there is just something. Five plays a game, he, you think this guy's the best quarterback in the league, maybe the best quarterback of the past 10 years. And then you just see him like hit a, a Bears linebacker in the numbers, <laughs> like in like inside our own 20. It makes me just cringe thinking like we just cannot have that moving forward. The games are only going to get tougher from here on out. But then I wonder, am I being a little unfair? No, I was going to say that because looking back at Allen's numbers this year, he's been more uh, prone to the turnover than I think in past years. I mean, we saw him against the Jets throw two picks. And obviously in this game uh, against Chicago, uh, had a couple of turnovers as well. I think that's been one of the things you see is that sometimes maybe just he's trying to do a little bit too much and you make some, you know, you let him see make these throws. And like, what is he doing right now? But obviously you guys are in good hands. Uh, I know maybe a little more turnovers than you're used, you know, you're used to seeing from him. But I think all when said and done, you guys are going to go match up with the Chiefs. And the main thing is to get that number one seed, definitely get the home field and watch those uh, snowballs. Uh, if we see any snow in January, <laughs> it is so funny. Yeah, like mentioning that. As much as I want the one seed, I mainly want it for that first week bye, and then it of just course. it makes it, it makes everything easier. Like going forward, you play the last remaining seed. And then it's, you get home field for the uh, AFC championship. I was joking with a good buddy of mine, Drew Guthrie, who's a big time Chiefs fan, where I'm like, you know, if there was a way we could ex- like just trade, make a deal right now, you know, we get the one seed, the like first round buy. But if the AC championship comes down to Bill's Chiefs, we can play it in Arrowhead because we absolutely know the weather we're going to get in Arrowhead. It's going to be just pretty much cold. Yeah, you guys beat them last two years in the regular season. And of course, you know, last year, you know, what happened in that championship game was obviously unfortunate, but I think it was a learning experience for you guys. And I think to go back there, it's not going to happen again. And I think your times now, I usually never pick favorites, as you know, all the years on the pundits. I'm not really, you know, going with the favorites for like the Super Bowl champs, but I think you guys right now are clearly the favorite, even though I'm a big fan of the Bengals and what they're doing recently. Um, I would say I would give you guys the edge right now. You know, as good as I know the Bills are, it always just warms my heart to hear a Jets fan talk about Ah, how good the Bills are, you know? So I do appreciate that. That's a nice little Christmas gift to me. I do appreciate it. Well, of course. I mean, listen, if the Jets get in, (laughs) I'm not going to have 2009 vibes. Hey, maybe the Jets can win a couple games. I mean, of course, hey, you never know what can happen, obviously. But um, no, I think you guys are right there. Like I said, I think it was definitely learning experience what happened last year. And especially if you guys get home field, uh, for KC to go on the road potentially, I think you you know you guys will be fine, and I like your chances. I know it's still uh, it still should be known. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has yet to play a playoff game on the road. 
Oh, that's unbelievable, man. What a stat. Aside, aside from the Super Bowl, of course, but in the yeah. AFC playoffs, that's just, it's just remarkable. And uh, yeah, no, but also as much as we love playing in Buffalo and everything, this year has taught us that you never know what to expect from Buffalo weather. And it's, uh, it could just be like an absolute, you know, we think like, oh, bring on the snow. But when you get like a devastating storm like this, that can just be all bets are off. You know, we know we can match up very well with the Chiefs in a somewhat reasonable weather environment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the environment, you guys will be just fine. I think, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Because I know you mentioned on the last podcast that you were doing that the Chiefs' schedule obviously is a lot easier as opposed to you guys because your game coming up with Cincinnati is very huge. You want to win that game. But for my concern, I just want to make sure you guys are still playing for the number one seed, week 18. So in, ca- in case in case Miami does not, does not beat uh, New England this week, that you guys will do us the favor uh, in week 18. But listen, it comes down to the Jets obviously winning uh, those last two games. Oh yeah. That's a huge thing. You know, yeah, you definitely have to, uh, you know, you definitely have to do your part. I've learned that in seasons past. It's like you root so hard for another game and then, you know, your team disappoints, but yeah, you guys control yourselves there. Miami seems like they should beat new England. You know, we'll see about that, but yes, we are going to do everything we can to help you guys out. That's pretty much our motivation right now. Yeah, More of so you, gotta, you gotta do it. Come on, you gotta do it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and the Chiefs, you know, Chiefs have the Broncos next week. Uh, who Bronc just they, they almost lost to the Broncos a couple weeks ago, but the Broncos just look lost. So, yeah, it's yeah. like with us, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later, but yeah, the Bills just they just need to keep going, you know, for now. Definitely, I'm just assuming Chiefs are going to win out, so we just have to do our part and. It will be interesting to see what the Bills do against the Bengals. But moving on to uh, want to talk about, you know, our matchups. Granted, we haven't played each other in two weeks, but, uh, you know, your team moving forward and how it relates to the Bills, I would have to say our two worst offensive outputs this season were both games to you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say earlier in terms of the, those two games. Yeah, Josh Allen didn't really look that great. Now, in the second game, the one in Buffalo, he did have some big runs. I think the Jets gave up like a third and 19, which was ridiculous. Obviously, Josh Allen doing the hurdles and everything. But the Jets <laughs> defense has been good in the two games against Buffalo. And listen, I think if uh, if Mike White, you know, he got hurt in that second game, of course, the first snap, Flacco comes in the game, fumbles the football changes the whole complexion of it. And when the Jets actually were driving late in the fourth quarter, the big fumble by Michael Carter and that, uh, that was pretty much all she wrote. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. It was like definitely a different story for you guys offensively. I do have to say though, for everybody who's been giving Zach Wilson so much grief this year, he was, he was one of three quarterbacks to beat us this year. Yeah. He was good in that first game. The one that I met life, he wasn't really that bad. Now they didn't ask him to do too much. Uh, but what he did, he was fine. Didn't turn the ball over. Oh, no, I think he did once, actually. He, he fumbled. Yep. Um, but no, they, and then he threw a touchdown pass to James Robinson, who's been inactive the last few weeks. But um, no, he actually did pretty well in that game. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I think I commented while we were watching that game that he was just he was just getting the ball off at a like insanely rapid clip. It seemed like he had that ball for less than two seconds. And that like that little just, you know, crossing pattern to Garrett Wilson was just working like clockwork for you guys that day. Oh, yeah. Garrett Wilson, definitely the most targeted Jets receiver this year. Broke their single-season rookie 
record for receiving yards. Of course, patching uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, he's been a pleasure to watch with a with a draft pick by Joe Douglas. Obviously, the entire draft uh, this year, but especially finally having a true, true number one receiver like the potential, obviously, from the uh, former Ohio State Buckeye, Garrett Wilson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, kind of a long time coming. You guys have drafted a lot of wide receivers over the uh, you know past decade the, plus. The, the Bills and killer, Stephen Hill. Stephen, oh, yes, that's right. That one game, man. Ooh, that was something. And uh, yeah, and it also, also with the Jets, looks like you guys are going to possibly have two Rookie of the Year winners. And I'm going to have to look to see the last time that happened, that it came from the same team. I think it should be the case, especially defensively, I mean, Sauce Garner. I mean, he's having a, a better rookie season than Darrell Revis. Remember, it took Revis, I even told you when we when met that day, it took Revis a couple of years to really get going. And for oh, Sauce sure. Garner to do this in his rookie season, and how about a couple of weeks ago, in the game against the Lions, which they lost, Jared Goff did not target a pass near Sauce Garner the entire game as a rookie. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we're, we're past the point of saying, like, you know, he's the best rookie cornerback in the NFL. That's even the argument. Is he the best cornerback in the NFL? I mean, you definitely have people still want to make the case for Ramsey. You know, Sertain is definitely up there. Darius right. Slay. Yeah. But it, it's almost feeling like next year there may not be a question. My boys, the Bills, we got to get through these next few weeks and the playoffs. But yeah, no, just thinking of like Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams having to face them twice a year for the uh, foreseeable future is definitely giving me some uh, pre, pre-nightmares already. Yeah, and when you mentioned about the offensive rookie of the year, it's funny because if it wasn't for Garrett Wilson, there's a very good chance it was going to be Brees Hall if you think it injured. Oh, absolutely. Yo, yeah, it's just you had a grab bag of uh, draft picks this year. I mean, Brees Hall, I was that was so unfortunate, you know, just injuries are just like I hate them when they happen on any any team, anybody. I mean, this year, especially throughout the NFL injuries, it just seems to be like exponential than they ever have been in seasons past. Oh, yeah, it's been insane. You're seeing multiple injuries every single week. And especially for the Jets standpoint, they lost Brees Hall and ABT in that game against Denver. And ever since then, at least record-wise, they haven't been the same since. Oh, for sure. I mean, the Bills lost, uh, you know, week two, Micah Hyde, ruining, like, possibly the best secondary tandem in the entire NFL. We've noticed Poyer's been playing fantastic this year, awarded with a Pro Bowl, his first Pro Bowl appearance. So congratulations to him. And uh, But I have been noticing, even with when, because Poyer's missed a few games, when with the both of them out, teams go deep on us all the time. That was just something that would never happen. Uh, even Mahomes, for the past few years, who's one of the best deep ball quarterbacks, he would never throw it really further than uh, 20 yards or so. so. That's a huge miss. And then goes without saying, Von Miller, you know, going out, going out for the season was just, you know, that was just a knife to the heart. He was having like just phenomenal season. Uh, but even even since the Bills have since the Bills have not lost uh, a game since Miller went out. The defense, Bills defense this year has just been absolutely fantastic. They've kind of dropped from probably people saying they're like one of the best or second best. They're definitely in like a top six now, which is, which speaks volumes of how well they've been doing since they've lost two of their absolute superstars on D. Yeah. And, you know, uh, what was impressive in that game against the Chicago Bears is that Justin Fields, he didn't go crazy at all, crazy at all running the football. 
Oh yeah. There were a few times. I mean, I gasped anytime he started to move outside of the pocket because I just know what he can do. But it's funny. The bills have had relative success against, uh, you know, quarter, like quarterbacks who are very strong at running. They can still have some success. You know, Lamar Jackson, like he's never had one of his like 100 yard games against us because we usually have a game plan against him. It's usually the quarterbacks you are not exactly expecting from historically with the Bills who always catch us. I mean, Patrick Patrick Mahomes seems to like just run all over us for some reason, and he doesn't have that reputation at all. And actually, even going back even before this tenure, we had the worst luck against Blake Bortles running the uh, running the football. He was the like furthest ever known from a running quarterback, but. There were times where Blake Bortles had more yards rushing than he would passing against us. And I'm not saying like one game. It was like three games that he ran for more than 80 yards against us. Um, That's a name from the past, Blake Bortles. We talked about him a lot on the pundits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably like, you know, this will be his breakout game. And uh, oh, yes, we need to get we absolutely need to get those relics. But uh, yeah, no. And back to the back to the defense, uh, you know, against Chicago. It was funny. The first drive, um, you know texting friends because uh, actually the bears bears one touchdown was on the first drive and they just marched down the field like untouched montgomery was averaging like eight yards a carry uh fields went i think three for three and i was just uh i was just saying it's like well this is i was like this is horrible this is as healthy as our defense is going to get and then the defense the defense like got it going and then the offense you know started just messing up you know, Allen throwing incomplete passes, turning it over, and then, uh, you know, finally got the running game going. So it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. I know this team has the potential to be an absolute buzzsaw in the playoffs, but, you know, we just got we have to see what uh, what team is going to show up week for week. And it was good to see Gabe Davis get in the end zone, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's uh he's he's kind of an enigma himself. Yeah, he got into the end zone, I think, his uh, seventh. His seventh uh, touchdown catch of the year, which is fantastic. Yeah, Gabe Davis. Like, I would not be surprised. I'm going to have to look this up. He might lead the league in drops. He has so many this year. However, we kind of give him a free pass just because he makes so many highlight plays. But it's one of those things. Like, he's going to have to. He's going to have to minimize these drops going forward. It's, yeah, it's becoming like postseason, man. In the postseason, you cannot oh, yeah. have this happen. No way. I know. I know. Hopefully, he like channels his. Uh, inner divisional round game versus the Chiefs where he had four touchdowns, 200 yards. That's that's the Gabe Davis we want going forward from here on out. Speaking of the playoffs, which we have touched upon, we are two games away from the playoffs starting. Only eight teams have been eliminated. There are some that are very, very close to being eliminated. Uh, definitely start in our favorite conference, the AFC. Uh, currently, our good old Bills, number one seed with uh, only by holding the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. Bills can only, worst Bills can do after clinching the division is the worst seed they can get is three. But that's real, that's a definite possibility considering the Bills play Cincinnati next week, who is the current three seed at 11 and four. And uh, that's going to be, that could be the difference for both of these teams uh, going forward. And Cincinnati, they even have more to play for. They're still playing for the division. That's right. Yeah, they are. And obviously with uh, Lamar Jackson's injury, last two years now, he's been injured down 
the stretch of the season. So, you know, Hundley starting, you know, they won against the Falcons, but, you know, obviously with Rither starting now, that's a game you're supposed to win. They took care of business. But like you said, the Bengals, man, they started off slow. People walk in, you know, were concerned about, you know, the hangover and everything, but they picked up the pace. Obviously, Burrow made some big-time throws in that uh, game against the Patriots. For me, it was a little scary because New England almost came back and won that game. Uh, too close <laughs> for comfort. But at least uh, Burrow, yeah, I mean, all the weapons he has, the running attack, everything. So, yeah, it's going to be one heck of a game Monday night. Definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Oh, I know. And it's, uh, yeah, there's going to be a whole slew of action on the uh, Sunday before, before that game even happens. So it's actually, you know, if the Chiefs do win, uh, they play, they do play Denver at home. It's going to be, um, you know, at least for a brief moment, the Chiefs will be in that one seat, assuming that they beat Denver, a team, a team that gave them trouble, not only just, I think, three weeks ago. They do, but now they're going to be facing an interim head coach because before the show, they got rid of uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Gone. Wow. The former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator of the uh, Doug Marone days. That's, I, did not even, I did not even receive that update. So, oh, it's great. I come on to my own show to receive news about the NFL. That's right. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark Ferraro is a uh, gift who just keeps on giving. And uh, it is so funny. I was talking about that just the other day, thinking this, this coach does not have a... Uh, another season in him like there's there's just absolutely a lot of times you say like oh you have to give these coaches you know at least two years this this was not the case here they went out got russell wilson for this guy there were there were like divisional title hopes with the Broncos team going forward and it's like they didn't they did more than disappoint they just uh, they just absolutely crashed and burned hey especially if you make that type of trade for russell wilson super bowl champion you're expecting big things and for him not to play well, he was injured as well. Just everything's been a total mess there. So we're seeing moving forward what they'll do with the head coach uh, position. I don't think they're going to go after Sean Payton because he wants to bring in as his DC, Vic, uh, Vic Fangio, who was just a mm-hmm. head coach of the Broncos. So I don't think that's going to work there. But yeah, it's just been a total disaster for Denver this season. Just terrible. I know. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at the possible uh, coaching candidates. But uh it's probably a little too soon to bring in Colorado's hottest uh, head coach, Deion Sanders, who's now taking ah, the right. uh, University of Colorado position. That would make uh, my former alma mater uh, very upset, but Broncos mm-hmm. pretty happy. Uh, I think we're pretty safe on that. But uh, you know, not you know, not all looks bleak for uh, Denver. I mean, at least with this bad season, they'll get a very very high draft pick. Oh wait, that's going to Seattle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man, that's that, uh, <laughs> the draft capital they gave up for Russell Wilson. Man, Seattle, we joke as Jeff fans because you know, trading Jamal Adams there that allowed us to get not only Garrett Wilson but Elijah Vera Tucker. But for them to get uh, to get rid of uh, Russell Wilson, they actually got a good, good package uh, back for them. Oh, yeah, and it's going to keep on giving too, and uh, especially, especially when uh. You know, it'd be one thing. It's like, okay, but we have our quarterback of the future. Russell Wilson was a huge problem this year. It wasn't like, it wasn't the entire, you know, entire team. That team has a great defense. And Russell Wilson was like beyond ineffective. Yeah, he was just terrible. I don't know what it was this year. I don't think he got along with Hackett. I think that was probably a big thing as well. But yeah, just very disappointing because they have weapons too. It's not like they don't have any guy that they can throw it to, Judy, mm-hmm. Sutton, all those guys. But just uh, yeah, just a bad year overall for them. 
oh yes, well, uh, that's their problem. They can deal with it. But I, and, uh, that, but going back to their coaching situation, the lack of draft picks, that's not gonna, that's not gonna be a huge draw to the top candidates. Oh no, not at all. Oh yeah. But going back to the rest of the, uh, AFC now, uh, very huge, uh, tight race in the AFC South, got the, uh, Jaguars and Titans, really fighting it out. The Jaguars are the ones who really control their own destiny there. They can just, they went out, they're, uh, they're in, something you wouldn't have thought a couple weeks ago. And Tennessee, now they have to do this without Tannehill, their quarterback that's brought them to the playoffs the past few seasons. Yeah, I think Jacksonville is going to have the edge. And remember, that's a Week 18 showdown against Tennessee, which is going to be fun to watch. But Trevor Lawrence, he's been playing great the last seven, eight weeks. Their defense with that big turnover against Prescott to win the game in overtime. Um, but, you know, I think Jacksonville is going to win the division. I feel pretty confident in that. And, uh, yeah, and your boy Tannehill, you were always a big fan of him on the uh, pigskin <laughs> pundits. You loved him. You know, I loved him when he was a Dolphin. We had huge success against him. But, you know, we didn't have that uh, great a success against him as a Titan. We finally beat him this year, like beyond beat him. We absolutely annihilated him. But he got the best of us the previous two seasons. So, uh, no, I can just say firsthand, it's very, uh, you know, mixed reactions on Tannehill just from across the league. But uh, without him and banking on Malik Willis, it's not looking good for Tennessee. And they just lost to the Texans. Now, I know, I know Houston has been playing better lately. You know, they were close against the Cowboys, but you cannot lose that game at home against the Texans when you're trying to win the division. Terrible, terrible oh, yeah. luck. No, all the momentum seems to be going Jacksonville's way in that oh, aspect. Oh, sure. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, and then looking at the wild card uh, possibilities, uh, you know, Ravens still going for that division title, but they're one team that's already clinched a playoff berth, regardless of that. And then it's just a complete uh, mixed bag. You've got, you know, the Chargers uh, looking, they're looking fairly safe now, but then it gets to, you know, the seven with uh, Miami, who's lost uh, four, four straight now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, as much as I love to see it. It's a little surprising. I still, I still think this team makes the playoffs. They could you know, make some noise that, uh, that offense can click, uh, very, you know, like when it wants to defense is a little suspect, but there's just, uh, there's no doubt, like, uh, uh, it pains me so much to, uh, you know, give, uh, Tago Viola credit. He didn't have a great second half yesterday, but he can get that. He can launch the deep ball and like Tyreek Hill is just, he's going down as one of the best players in NFL history. This guy just does oh, it all. Yeah, for those two guys, you know, obviously Waddle and Hill, you know, with Tua and everything. But yeah, Tua had three, three fourth quarter interceptions in that game against the Packers. I mean, that was something that, listen, they're, they're like you said, losing four in a row, can't have that happen. But as you know, I was always a big Chargers fan on our show. Always a big fan. Never gave oh, yes. up any difficulty in anything. But I think the way they're playing now, I think I think they'll find a way to make the playoffs, especially tonight. They'll play the Colts. I can't see yeah. them losing. Come on. I mean, for the Chargers, I know they lo they lose games like that, but if they lose to Jeff Saturday, I did no. No way. No. Yeah, no. It's it, like they seem to be riding high right now. And yeah, they'll be another tough team in the playoffs, assuming they don't have a complete and utter collapse. But then uh, we have a whole slew of other teams fighting for that seven seed including yourself, you broke down the possibilities. You need to win out. Uh, you need a, you need a dolphins win 
and a Patriots loss. Uh, Dolphin, Dolphins win in Week 17, Patriots loss in Week 18, with the combo of you winning both of your games. Yep. So now with all the, it's so amazing. Obviously disappointing with the way they performed on Thursday night against the Jaguars, but everything that had to go their way this weekend, it did. The Dolphins lost to the Packers. The Patriots lost to the Bengals. The Raiders lost to Pittsburgh. The Browns lost to the Saints. The t- mm-hmm. Titans lost to the Texans. All that happened, and now all the Jets have to do is win in Seattle and win in Miami, and the Patriots either have to lose to the Dolphins this week or to your Bills Week 18. And if the Jets do that, they will be in the seventh position. And I don't care. I don't care. Right, We play the Bills, we play the Chiefs. I don't (laughs) care. I want to end this drought. It's been way too long. It's a huge thing. It reminds me back in 2017, we we ended up making the playoffs, not by us scoring a touchdown late in the game. It was by watching uh, Andy Dalton beat the Baltimore Ravens with uh, like seconds left on a fourth and like 22, which was just absolutely unbelievable. And as it was... uh, there's like a little bittersweet to like not really control your own destiny to end a 17 year drought, but it was just important to get that, you know, to get that huge weight off our back. And, you know, we had an off season the next season and now it's been, uh, it's been uh, four straight years that we've made the playoffs since then five out of the past six. And it's just that drought is now a re- like, you know, distant memory. And yep, that's going to be, I, I do have a feeling that, if it doesn't end this year, that drought for the Jets is probably going to end next year. As long as you can maybe get a little more power on offense, maybe figure out the quarterback situation. Right. If Wilson, if Wilson can uh, really, you know, come through uh, your deep, your defense, zero question about that. It's the, one of the best defenses I've seen this year. Uh, you know, I could put it in like the top three with, you know, San Fran and uh, maybe, maybe Buffalo. But uh, yeah, right. hey, and you texted me right when that Quinlan Williams play happened because remember he missed the game against the Lions, and you could tell his impact was totally missed. But his first, the first possession the Jaguars had, boom, he hits Trevor Lawrence. Carl Lawson picks up the football. The Jets are at the 16 yard line. We're able to not capitalize. That was huge right there, not getting a touchdown. But the Jets have to pay Quinlan Williams this offseason, give him what he wants. Finally, he's becoming the player that we hoped for when we drafted him many years ago. But like I said before with the, uh, Nathaniel Hackett breaking news, Jeff fans would feel a little, more, a little more better now that Mike White has been cleared by doctors and will play on Sunday. So big news again right there. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mike White, He uh, when he's not playing the Bills, seems to have some monstrous games. So okay. that's a uh, big, big, uh, big boost for you. And I'm, I'm rooting for you guys, like not only for your sake, but your – what you do has zero effect on us. So yeah, you have so therefore you have my full support. That's right. Yeah, Buffalo's not involved just now. So absolutely. Root for the Jets. Hopefully we can get that seven seed. But like like I mentioned, they gotta first take care of their own business. And don't forget, that Dolphin Patriot game is at one o'clock. The Jets play at four. So if the Dolphins beat the Patriots, the Jets know, hey, we have to win and we're looking good. And then obviously they play Miami. Week 18, and who knows? Maybe that game could potentially get flexed to Sunday night football. Oh, it very well could. You also have competition with the Titans and Jaguars. Right. But uh, going to be plenty of, uh, absolutely plenty of uh, candidates for that one. Bills Patriots, probably not. Might be, 
might be a four o'clock game if it has home field implications. Mm-hmm. But uh, and yeah, other uh, yeah, it seems like those are the teams mainly going for that last seven seed. Uh, means seems like even more has to happen for like the Steelers and Raiders and such. If they haven't been eliminated, but uh, you know, moving to the NFC real quick, the conference that just it's like whatever for, for me. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know, I love mm-hmm. football, but. I just don't care what happens there. I think it's a weaker it's a weaker conference than the AFC. I think the I think the seven seed, even if it is the Jets, would give a good uh, like in a Super Bowl would give a good would be good competition to any NFC team. Uh, looks like Eagles are going to get the one seed. My my preseason pred- prediction was Bills Eagles, which seemed like a little bit of a wild card. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, looking very strong now. So I'm sticking with that. Uh, pretty much uh, everything else. You got Minnesota at the two at the two seed, kind of fighting off uh, San Francisco, who again has clinched their division. San Francisco could be very tough in the playoffs with that defense. Uh, but what I think I really want to talk about real quick, real quick before I get the two minute warning, is this uh, kind of race in the NFC South with Tampa Bay win winning last night, getting uh you know, staying ahead of the pack in their division, but there's uh, still some other, you know, teams there, New Orleans and Carolina, only one game behind. And it could be, we could have that uh, division with the uh, team. We could have the playoff team with the losing record coming out of that division. Yeah. My good buddy, Sam Darnold, a nice victory on uh, Christmas Eve against the lions. They faced Tampa Bay at this uh, upcoming weekend in Tampa, but when all said and done, I think Tom Brady will find a way that the Buccaneers will win that NFC South. I, I do. I think so too. And I have been telling other people, you'd probably agree with this. Uh, Tampa Bay could go in as, you know, a seven, a seven and 10 playoff team and end up in the Super Bowl. Oh, they could. Absolutely. Yes, they could. Yeah. yeah that would be, and it would almost be the ultimate like Tom Brady story too. So like where he, you know, just squeaks into the playoffs with maybe his losing record and then just destroys the rest of that conference. I'm just concerned about their head coach, Todd Bowles. Not, not a fan. Not a fan. I was about to mention that too. <laughs> yes. I, I remember your thoughts on Todd Bowles very well from years ago. Is uh, the punt like just, he would punt on third down if he could. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I always love the punt. Always love the punt. Oh yeah. And then, uh, you know, the other teams face like very, uh, other few teams facing that, uh, the wild card there got like the Giants seem pretty safe, and then it kind of seems to be a little bout between the uh, between the Seahawks and Washington. Uh, I'm going to predict you guys to beat Seahawks, so I think uh, we might actually get four teams from the NFC East in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. Even though I like the Packers' chances as well, they've been playing very well lately. I think Washington will find the way to win. I just like their schedule moving forward. They face Cleveland. Then they face a Cowboys team that has nothing to play for. Though we have seen Cooper Rush play well before, I do like Washington's chances. And that tie helps them to get the seventh seed. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, with that, I'm getting the two-minute warning from my producers here. So uh, before we say goodbye to you, I'm going to give uh, next week's trivia question. And here we got, who is the only Bill in history to lead the league in passing yards for a season? 
uh, entire history of the NFL, only one Buffalo Bills quarterback has led the NFL in passing in a season. Mark, I know you know the answer, but we have to give everybody else a chance to answer. So, yeah, you're free to answer on our Twitter page, which is at Bills or Bust Pod. And uh, once again, just like old times, Mark, it's been a pleasure. And I thank you so much for coming on. No, dude, thank you so much for having me. You know you can have me on any time. I would love to do it. You know where to reach me, man. But thank you. I appreciate it, man. And all the best. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and you are definitely going to be getting an invite. Uh, But uh, thanks again. Have a great rest of your uh, Christmas weekend, Christmas week. A happy new year. And we're probably going to be in touch within minutes. So Yeah, of course. Who knows? Maybe somebody else will break between now and then, of course. Absolutely. So I bid you adieu. And... To our audience, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You guys are just the best. And again, to the city of Buffalo, stay safe. I'm thinking of you. City tough as nails. Going to bounce back stronger than ever. All right. Have a great uh, rest of your holiday week. And let's go, Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and let's go Buffalo! Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production, copyright 2023.